Do you know what time it is? It's time for the Workforce Show, where you will learn the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM. Hello, Andrew. I have as my guest today uh, a very enthusiastic and likable uh, uh, director of education, global education for Amazon Web Services, Andrew Coe. Welcome. Thank you very much, Cynthia. I appreciate the time and uh, the opportunity to here to talk to you. And by the way, folks, he used to be a DJ, but not the, <laughs> so he knows a little bit about radio. So I have to put a thumb down <laughs> when he starts spinning records or something, <laughs> imaginary records to get started. Yeah. So we are so glad that you could join us, especially in the uh, DMV area. You know what DMV is? The Absolutely. Name, you know, the, uh, the area that comprises uh, our broad reach as well. Uh, and so we, uh, we think that Amazon in general is, is a household name by mm-hmm. most part, but you're the first uh, person that we've had here being interviewed, I think. You're, uh, I believe so, and, and it's always my pleasure and absolutely very familiar with the District of Maryland, Virginia, and grew up in Maryland and went to school there, uh, but now I did defect over to Virginia. Uh, so I've had an opportunity to live on both sides, and of course, DC uh, always. Maryland. Always did you go to Maryland? Uh, I was University at University of Maryland? Maryland, and I'm also a Churchill High School graduate. And, great, uh, yes, great. If you that's know where that po- is, uh, not too far from here. That's in uh, the Potomac. Yeah. Potomac. Yep. As well. Yes. Very good. Um, I, 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 we do some, uh, some have some guests from Maryland because the program broadcasts to the DMV area. Mm-hmm. And there's, where it doesn't broadcast, we send out flyers and send out the audio so to uh, on platforms and, right. and beyond. Awesome. So not to waste time, we'll get right into okay. it. Tell us about yourself. Well, Cynthia, <laughs> um, I'm been here at Amazon Web Service for four years as, as you mentioned, the director of our education globally as, as well as our workforce. And what that means is that we are really taking a lot of our programs, a lot of our tools and our solutions to really help education uh, in general, improve learning or whether it's helping the student, educator or even the institution. And workforce is really now to improve a lot of the upskilling that's also required that's a really a global challenge that's happening worldwide where there's plenty of jobs out there, uh, but maybe some of the skill sets are not necessarily up to par to meet a lot of those demands. Mm-hmm. And so we get asked many times to come in and make an assessment and help really bootstrap and uplift systems. You, do a customize, you mean you customize learning too? Customize learning, uh, not so much, but we say we have a, a just a tremendous amount of different offerings. Some things for the education system, such as curriculum, some things is just as, we'll call it private sector uh, training and certification type of offerings. And you kind of combine those two, and you're looking at your future workforce from the education, all the learners that are going through the system there, or upskilling current workers that are already working employed and need to tweak up and, and upskill some of their skill sets toward this new emerging thing called the cloud. Mm-hmm. 
So starting with certifications, uh-huh. uh, you have certifications at all academic levels and all skill levels? Uh, we have a lot, I'd say, not so much in academic, but yes, in, when it comes to a lot of our offering and our products, yes, we do have a lot of certifications and training that are uh, accompanying alongside with those certifications, uh, such as like the architect or the solutions architect certification. But in order to get that, you, probably, you would have to go to certain type of pathways and certain type of training that we offer out there today. I, I, yeah. I, I'd like to know a little bit more about that okay. when you get a chance mm-hmm. to get talk to that because uh, I think that certifications of any kind are very important. Whether you're a, a college graduate or a high school graduate or in, in school, yes. uh, the, the, how people look at certifications is... Yeah. It's very valuable for sure because... <laughs> It's not so much <clears throat> the certification itself, but it is, you know, what that means from the actual demands that the employers are looking for in mm-hmm. order to say that, hey, there is a certain competency or a skill that I have uh, uh, achieved. And that certification becomes that bar, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, and for sure, that's definitely an important thing. But there's also so many other facets to that. Even we're seeing a lot of interest of micro-credentialing. So I may not have received the entire full certification, but along the way of my learning path, I'm achieving other knowledge skills, uh, and that's where we have other programs that are offering that pathway toward those certifications. And it and doesn't then that matter means. whether they're uh, IT oriented or. Uh, well, this one we do have. Uh, we focus definitely on the cloud services, so IT does become a core fabric. But yes, uh, in general, micro credentialing is becoming much more pervasive, well beyond even IT. And so people are using it for project-based type of accomplishments and things like that. That's fascinating to me. Uh, years ago, uh, I just uh, I was on a committee for a local com- uh, chamber of commerce, mm-hmm. and I we did a survey mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of workers and how how they would upskill, mm-hmm. d- develop their skills, uh, and and the disappointment was that. Very few wanted to upscale. Mm. They wanted, They thought that they would have the same skill the rest of their career. Yeah, we actually seeing something very different and dynamic in the market today. And I've used myself as an example. Just about a month ago, I had to learn about robotics. Now, my graduate degree, my degree is an accountant, and I'm a CPA. But um, I never, did go into CPA. I am a CPA. I don't tell a lot of people that way. And that was more my father <laughs> more than me. But I do know how to. Absolutely. But okay. no, and all kidding aside, it was a very tough and challenging examination. But what we're seeing, uh, Cynthia, um, and I think many of the employers are seeing is learning is becoming lifelong. And I know that sounds very, uh, very, we'll call it a bubbly word, but it, it's true. Um, and you have to because the dynamics of what is evolving today, if you believe in this fourth uh, industrial revolution, that we're going into a very different type of economy. I'll give you a couple examples that really ground that. Um, the world's changing, and, and what we have to learn is always constantly evolving. So whereas I had to learn robotics just a few months ago, that's happening around the world, where there are jobs that are going away. Uh, if you read, I believe, in January, the World Economic for, uh, I'm sorry, World Economic Forum released a report. It's pretty interesting, and I encourage all of your readers to go take a look. 75 million jobs by 2022 will go away, um, never coming back. However, the, the upside to that is 133 million new jobs will emerge because of this new economy. 
and one of the stats I use <clears throat> that sometimes it just kind of hopefully uh, just lays it out there pretty clearly is if you look at Hilton Worldwide Properties, okay, all the buildings and, and all the phenomenal properties that they have, their market capitalization is worth about $32 billion as, as of a few weeks ago. Airbnb, they actually are worth $31 billion. And I'm not making Airbnb anything lower, but they're an application using the data and renting other individuals' houses and properties. So this is the new economy that we're in. So they don't have any assets. So this new knowledge economy is driving a lot of the differentiated ways of how now companies have to compete and become much more service-oriented to their individuals to personalize it. And even now, those legacy companies like the Hiltons of the world are also adopting for this thing called the cloud. And, and the downstream impact, Cynthia, is the jobs. People need those jobs to fulfill what these corporations want to do in order to be much more competitive. And so there's a, a big cycle that's happening. So that's why we're seeing this emergence of these new demands of these new jobs and yet not the, the pipeline of the individuals to fill it coming out of education systems or the upskilling of individuals who are there today. Tell me, though, yeah. uh, that, that we all know is uh, whether we know it from experience mm -hmm. or whether we know it from hearing about it, we know that skills are, uh, you know, we have to constantly, constantly upgrade our skills. Yeah. But what if you can't? What if you don't have the, not the inherent ability yeah. to learn that what's required to operate a robot, for yeah, instance, right. as one example. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing that I think it's also amazing because the type of jobs where LinkedIn said that, you know, out of the four of the last five years, the number one job um, that employers sought was actually skills in the cloud. Four of the last five years of LinkedIn is, is a very good, we'll call it a sampling of what people are <laughs> asking for. Yeah. the skills, right? Right. <laughs> but also, and we at Amazon are also looking at, we have tens of thousands of these jobs that are available today, software development engineer, cloud support, data scientists. These jobs didn't always exist 10, 12 years ago. However, they're not just for high-tech people. Uh, they're sales and marketing that people need to understand about the cloud as well. And in order to sell it or market it, you also need to know some You're of the You're talking about peripheral skills. Still, yeah, but, but not without knowing that okay. or how it works. Um, your level of articulation of how to present that to prospective customers are also challenged. So learning is not just about getting that hands-on and developing. Yes, that's definitely a premium for that. But even people on the periphery, as you mentioned, are required. And we have programs, actually. Um, one called AWS Restart. That's been very successful in the U.K., where we're actually having uh, students that are, uh, well, I'll call it um, at-risk students that are had no idea about the cloud. Some of them didn't even finish high school. And we're finding ways to bring a lot of those individuals in who have that aptitude and really, we we'll call it tenacity, to want to learn, giving them interview skills uh, and training them in that way, just from some fundamental things. And those are the type of programs we have that we offer based on this menu of things that really bootstrap and uplift the workforce. So are you saying that everybody in the United States has the potential to learn cloud? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a part of our fundamental thing is we want it to be wide, scalable, but also equitable for individuals. And when I say equitable, it's not just talking about affordability, which does play a huge part, but also has to do with having the ability to have access to it. Can it be provided online? So if you're in rural parts of Virginia or Maryland, 
how do I get it when the educator or the system may not have it? So we're always finding ways to design it so it can scale that way as well. I have a question, though. Mm -hmm. What has surprised you the most about your your enthusiasm, mm -hmm. your uh, objectivity? What is it? Is there a shock or yeah. a surprise? It's not so much a shock. Uh, cloud is <clears throat> it's just accelerating a lot of things that we always thought of IT as possible. I think what's going to be amazing is it ha things haven't even yet happened yet of the things I believe will continue to improve. For example, education. Cynthia, I think earlier we were talking about you are very familiar with the education system in, in general, and as so am I. And we have all this data in education, a lot of data. We have the students' records, we have students' attendance, but there's even like so much more data that we have yet to even really understand of how a student is progressing his or her learning. What are the areas to maximize their learning potentials? Are there other things that an educator can be empowered to drive and help that student? And I think we're just on the cusp of some of those things. And one example um, is in Ivy Tech Community College in Indiana. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Which one? Ivy Tech Community College. They're one of the I think they in Indiana are the largest community college. And they had a retention problem of a lot of transient individuals coming in, wanting to get a certain degree, and then they just dropped out. They had no idea why. And they took the data, and they started to try to process of what was happening. But they had this old system technology, Cynthia, and they would take, I kid you not, one query every 40 minutes. That's how slow this thing was. They democratized the data, put it in the cloud, and they started to process a lot faster I make a long story short, they ended up having the ability, because of all the queries and the machine learning that they did with the data, not just human intervention, but the way the algorithms were picking up new insights, that they can now predict a student within the first two weeks of their enrollment, that they can predict with 83% accuracy that that person is at high risk. Repeat the, that. Can you repeat yeah, that? Within the first two weeks of a student enrolling, they can predict with 83% accuracy that that student will drop out. And the indicator that they found out is very common sense. They discovered they weren't buying books in the first two weeks, or they had problems with transportation taking them to and from classes back home. Now, you may go, well, that's so obvious. <clears throat> it is obvious, but it goes back to the original premise. Education has a lot of data, but they're not all talking to one another. And when you look at education and if I were to say, why are people dropping? You probably say grades or attendance. But yeah, but there's reasons of why that's happening underneath. But first of all, is not what you're talking about data analytics, data? It's Yes, then the, but the difference of analytics, and I'll say machine learning, machine and learning. analytics is kind of looking at the data that happened, kind of looking your rear view backwards. Yeah. Oh, okay, based on these things, that's what's happened. Maybe I can guess. I'd say machine learning takes that to the next level in two ways. Mm -hmm. It takes unstructured data. What does that mean? Well, structured data is like attendance or your grades or your quizzes, right? Unstructured data is what are the behavior patterns that are happening? Why is this person continuously being late to this class but not to that class? So it's not the fact that they're being late, it's why. And then number two, it's looking forward. It's trying to predict based on a lot of these things and, and based on certain patterns, is looking forward and trying to say this is what's going to happen now. So mm -hmm. before I mean, you're talking to somebody who is borderline, Whatever. <laughs> so mm -hmm. you're talking about predictive analytics. Mm -hmm. And so that 
it's like like organics, mm-hmm. an organic market, mm-hmm. etc. So then they have come to the conclusion, well, you're in this study that they came to the conclusion that these were the problems causing that they weren't going to. Execute. On the other side, is there something that you do or can be done mm-hmm. that makes recommendations on yes. how to? Yeah. Um, so what they do is. Uh, just them identifying was just one part of it. Mm-hmm. Then they would bring their intervention team in. Mm-hmm. And they, these are human people, human bodies that yeah. would go in there and say, does this individual and student have a, um, a financial challenge? And so many times, uh, one of the highest prediction of dropout is financial. It's money. It's not because of grades or, or lack of interest uh, at the community college. So they would bring those type of, or counselors that were helping. Is there an emotional, mm-hmm. or are there problems of why they didn't go to the book, or, or words of encouragement, so many of these intervention teams would be alerted proactively to go help. But how do you do that? I mean, on one hand, I can understand mm-hmm. why you're interested in getting all the information that you mm-hmm. can and, and tailoring education programs to, mm-hmm. to, to learn, to help them learn. Mm-hmm. But how do you manage to affect the school system, the, the education yeah. system that have to provide all the the tools that you're talking yeah. about. Well, we provide those tools. So at Amazon, we have over 1,400 different cloud services and technologies that we offer. And often, we will work alongside with our customers, the CIO or the provost or the chancellor, and really try to address their hardest problems. We're very customer-obsessed, and so their challenges become our opportunities to assist them, and technology becomes those tools in order to answer those. Give us an example, like in Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, we have you have workforce uh, agencies, uh, Montgomery County, for instance. Do you mm-hmm. work with Montgomery County? I have not yet. Okay, but if you were to, mm-hmm. and they were to, con- the person responsible for STEM education mm-hmm. were to contact you, how would you go about introducing your product, mm-hmm. introducing your services, mm-hmm. and measuring how successful you are in getting... <clears throat> Yeah. And people in the pathway into... Yeah. Well, uh, absolutely. For STEM is very broad, right? Science, technology, engineering, and math. And so... And we brought the A, arts. The arts, arts. of course. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And there's always a very valuable that, no doubt. But what I would... The first thing I would say is, are the student... Do the students even have a pathway? So I'm interested. I want to learn about cloud. and But I'm in, I don't know, middle school in Robert Frost Middle School. I actually can call it a real middle school out there. And uh, would they be able to offer that? And if the answer is no, so I would look at first the curriculum. Is there an offering that I could have an individual, he or she, that would be interested to take that class and learn about the cloud? If the answer is no, how can we have it? Number two, from that high school, can that credit be matriculated like a dual credit to a junior college or a four-year? If the answer is no, I would ask whether the governing body, the governor, or the state board of education to make it so that there is a clear credit and articulated or matriculated pathway. Because as you and I both know, students are not going to take a hard class as an elective because they're trying to get good grades to go into university. <laughs> so it takes many So, and then, so, yeah, <laughs> unless you get my, someone like my father. <laughs> they really make you do it. But, uh, but the reality is <clears throat> that's why we have such a shortage of a lot of, well, it's one of the reasons that we have such a shortage of. It's perception. Is there a, it's hard. It's I mean, hard. I need to get an A, and, and if in order to take computer science or a cloud or something like that, it, it, there, you have to have a very big motivation in order to take that. Okay. One of them is I'm going to get college credit or community college credit. And we find that important, and we announced that in Virginia. We announced it in Texas. We announced it in Louisiana. 
And that's happening. So I would say that I would recommend if they don't have those in Maryland, I would import that and, and really take a look at how that model is working. And now in L.A., community college, within the last two years, we had over 3,000 students go through that with zero marketing dollars. I mean, they thought that they were they lucky to that afford. because it's not fearful. They don't fear they, it. We found out. Here's another interesting part. In community colleges, we thought they would be all undergraduates. Over 50% in L.A. were individuals who already had a four-year degree. So they are coming back to get reskilled. So this market is changing. Um, it's not so much for <clears throat> maybe the corporations are forcing. Maybe that's happening. But more importantly, I think the individual like, hey, I see this happening, and I want to upskill myself so I could go and be very competitive in this new uh, market economy. That, we that have. doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Uh, I see a lot of uh, people who've had anywhere from 40 to 60 yeah. Yeah. primarily being motivated to go Absolutely. back. Absolutely. And this program that we have is called AWS Educate. And I would definitely encourage you and your readers to take a look because it has been announced by these governor level for the entire state, for those four states, and it's going international. That's the thing. This is a global economy. This is not just a a local thing, yeah. or just here in the U.S., Bahrain, U.K., we're talking Indonesia, um, Singapore. I mean, there's a variety of major countries that are looking right now what we are doing here in Virginia and really expanding across the world. Magic word, Virginia. You volunteer a lot. You are in lots of boards. Uh, <laughs> yes. But before, yeah. well, I want you to, to tell us a little bit about this and yeah. How how you are working with the community colleges in yeah. in Maryland, uh, and Maryland, Maryland yeah. and Virginia. Yeah. But before I do ask you that, I was like a Girl Scout. Well, I remember when I was a brownie, they said we're going to go to the brownie, see the Girl Scouts fly up, <laughs> and we go in and we look up in the sky and look for Girl Scouts that were flying up in the air. Not, we didn't have any idea that flying up was as a term for graduating right. from Brownie into Girl Scout. <laughs> so, so in cloud, you're not, I can't imagine what the visions are when you say cloud. Mm -hmm. What exactly is cloud? Well, the cloud, oh gosh. Uh, well, <laughs> it's, it's a variety of things. We interpret that basically by saying that uh, one has the ability to receive IT resources um, on uh, and you pay as you go on demand, meaning I don't have to currently buy these hard assets, hardware, servers. Um, I use it, um, and whether it's database or my compute power, uh, and then if I don't use it, I don't pay anything, and that is the way the way that our, our world is working when it comes to the infrastructure of a lot of our cloud. We're okay. also seeing applications build on top of that, okay. machine learning, robotics, um, you know, those uh, we'll call those type of things are actually occurring on top of that. So cloud is becoming much more like an on-demand service of the ITU. So resources. in other words, a business won't have to have any hardware. <laughs> Look at many of these companies that are all evolving away from it because it's becoming very costly. It's antiquated and it's becoming less agile for the things that they needed to use. Like I mentioned about yeah. the code.org. Yeah. So goodbye, all those who uh, operate data warehouses. We're not not going to need you in the time soon. Okay, so it's not getting down to serious business. So okay, tell me what what's happening in Virginia. You're you're on a lot of boards. You're on you're on committees. Tell mm -hmm. us. 
Well, I did a lot of that even well beyond my uh, introduction or my employment to Amazon. That's me. I woke up every day wanting to figure out how I can improve where I live. And so and I where always live? wanted What's Virginia and Ashburn, Virginia. Yeah. And where in Virginia? Ashburn. Ashburn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where a lot of the data centers are. Yeah, fact, really. Coincidentally. <laughs> <We got> the <laughs> but, data warehouses have gone yeah. over. But, but I started off because, uh, quite frankly, in education over 10 years ago, uh, originally because I thought my daughter had a learning disability. And I happened to be, at that time, working for a different company in, uh, to work on the, some of the most sophisticated counterterrorism systems in the world. Uh, Counterterrorism? I can't, yes, I can't, okay. uh, but it's not in the city. It's another city okay, up north. Right, uh, right. And, and, but, but that said, we could get information on an individual within seconds and about some person of interest. Couldn't do it for my own daughter. She had a reading and a learning uh, disability, and my wife didn't speak English. I did, and I just wanted to speak to my daughter and read to her when I was in a hotel room 15 years ago. Um, wasn't allowed to. So that kind of blew my mind, and I said, this has to change. And so <clears throat> I got involved with the community, and several friends in the community helped to really rally a lot of more education here, there. And then that got recognized by several governors, and I was appointed to the State Board of Education. That became a lot of other community, uh, we'll call it committees, that I was involved with. So I'm also on the Online Virginia Authority Community, and as well as several for early learning and early childhood as well. So technology being the core fabric of how we can improve those. Okay, and now you're on the technology committee for, for Virginia, right? Technology. Uh, 1918. Uh, 1918. Remember that year? 2018. Oh, yeah. 2018. I'm on, uh, well, I, I got uh, Governor Northam put me on the schools uh, committee, uh, and then I'm on the Online Virginia Network Authority yeah, Committee. Right. So I'm on several committees. Several committees. <laughs> Somebody he can't remember, actually. All good and all, all have right. to do with improving. We are Virginia. out of time, unfortunately. I can talk to you forever. Uh, but uh, fortunately for you, you have to go. Uh, but uh, in closing, do you have any words of wisdom for people who, who are interested in their career and, and managing their career and getting ahead in their career? Yeah, I would say, well, first of all, thank you very much for the time. I would say, I would definitely, if there's one thing, take a look on our website around AWS Educate and just start there. There's so many other programs that we have. We've announced this. It is really gaining momentum globally, and but it starts here. Northern Virginia Community College, George Mason University, uh, Virginia Tech, and several K-12 school districts like Prince William, Loudoun, Fairfax, Arlington, all adopting that. So it's happening right here. This is the, becoming the epicenter of it. So it's exciting to see. Um, if you're a parent, ask your you know, educator uh, in the school system there, said, hey, how do I get my you know, students enrolled in these things? And so continue to ask questions. And if there's any questions for us, Please feel free to reach out to us on that website, and we'll be more than happy on the website to help there as well. Tell us again what the website. Yes, uh, the website is aws.amazon.com, and you could definitely search there in education, and you'll find the AWS Educate program. And I thank you again. You you were inspirational and very uh, very much a lot of fun to talk to. Well, thank you very much for your time. Okay, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.